Hey friends, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. Guys, it's smack in the heat of the summer here in the Midwest, nearing 100 degrees today. So we're doing our very best to stay in the water and eat a billion snow cones just to keep our body temps at a healthy range. Well, I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this podcast, which airs every other Tuesday and exists to glorify God and encourage each other through our real stories by reminding ourselves what actually matters in the grand scheme of life. We're also partnered with the women's ministry of My Church, Life Church, but at a higher elevation, we are all about the global church and what God's up to and how He's moving in the kingdom at large. Today, I'm joined by one of my all-time favorite people who just happens to be co-hosting with me, the lovely Cindy Beal. And we have the privilege of sitting down and chatting with a gal who we both love and admire for countless reasons, the one and only Mary Cootie. Let me just start by saying, what does Mary not do? She leads people in worship every single weekend with her husband, Chris, who's a worship pastor at our church. She's a mama to two boys and one baby girl who was actually just born last week after we had recorded this conversation. So that's super new and exciting. Congrats to Mary and Chris on that sweet bundle. And Mary's just also a fierce encourager and also looks like a supermodel no matter what she's doing, which, you know, kind of makes you sick, but that's okay. We love her anyway. So Mary Cootie's with us for episode number 35. You guys, she's sharing about something super hard and messy that happened much earlier in her marriage when two people running in opposite directions eventually led to unfaithfulness. However, their beautiful marriage today is living proof that God can use all things for good and that He's in the business of restoration. Mary has all kinds of wisdom and insight pouring out of her. So whatever your season, whatever your story, whatever your status right now, there are nuggets of straight truth for you peppered all throughout this conversation. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hi, friends. Hello. What's up? <laughs> Mary, thanks for being here. And Cindy, thanks for letting us turn your living room into a recording studio. I feel so honored. How fun is this? <laughs> so fun. So help everyone listening get to know you a little bit better and tell us about that cute family of yours and what you're passionate about. Just whatever you want to share, whatever will help us get to know you a little better. I would love to. I am married to my high school sweetheart, Chris. We've been married for 12 years and um, we have two beautiful little boys, ages four and two. And in just a few weeks, we are going to be welcoming our first little girl. Baby girl. So we're super excited. I just need to get my mind there. I'm still not there. I, I will, though. A funny story about Chris and I. We met in our youth group, actually, in high school. And we started a band together. And that's how we began to lead worship you together. Mean, was there a name? It was the Life Jam Band. Nice. <laughs> we us. need to bring the Life Jam Band back. Mm, I could even sing you a song, but it's horrible. <laughs> well, you guys kind of still have Life Jam every we week. We do. And so, that's the fun life part about church. it. Life exactly. Church, Life Jam. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. And so we met in our youth group and we began to lead worship then. And obviously we still get to do that now at Life Church Oklahoma City campus. And it's just such a blessing for us. And one of the things that I love is that I get to be on a front row seat to watch their lives unfold mm -hmm. and minister with them. Chris and I started a life group a few years ago and invited them to be a part mm -hmm. of it. So it's been great to do life and knowing the kids and Liam is scared of our dog. And so I just, <laughs> I know the family and um, your, your humongous yeah, tiny dog, yeah, my, my big six pound Yorkie, <laughs> but it's just fun to do life and to, yes. to not only uh, experience personal life together, but to minister together and to know that we've got each other's back in that way. Yes. So, so yeah. I want to be in your life group. Okay. It drive really down. is like the best life group. Drive so. down. I'll just drive <laughs> Just drive down. Just an hour and a half to life group. <laughs> 
So two boys and a baby girl on the way, mm-hmm. and you lead worship with your husband at Life Church every weekend. How do you do it all? How do you keep up with all the things? Oh, girl. <laughs> you know what? The truth is I don't do it all. And specifically, I've had to learn, number one, to ask for help. Mm. I used to be terrified for some reason mm-hmm. to ask people to help, to go out of their way, to do what we do. I have to have help. Mm-hmm. On the weekend, we have been blessed to have some ladies in our life that help with our kids. We lead at eight services, and we're up at church all weekend. And so mm-hmm. we are blessed to have that help. And then secondly, I've really had to learn, and I still am getting better at this, is to say no. I cannot say yes to everything. I know. I still need to get better at that. Right. We can only do so much. I, I've often felt this pressure to do it all. And I, I feel like probably as women, as mothers, as wives, we do often feel that pressure to be able to do it all. But there just mm-hmm. is no way. And so learning to say no over the years has been extremely beneficial. I love that you said that you get help on the weekend with your boys because I think sometimes people look on, they're like, oh, they just do it all, superwoman. And it's like, no, I know we're, we're smart and we solicit help. Yes, very much so. Thank you to the ladies who help us on the weekend. So what has God showed you over the years just about worship, whether it's on stage, off stage, behind the scenes? I have learned that worship for me is a lifestyle. It is not just getting up there on the weekend and running through some songs. Um, It is how I choose to live my life daily. And it's preparation Mm -hmm. so that I can be ready for what God wants to do or how he wants to move daily what and how I live my life. I see that in her obviously being close enough to her to see how she lives it out. So when I see her on stage... I don't see someone up there just doing a good job or singing well and Mm. saying the right things. I see a mom who is teaching her kids Bible verses through the week, (laughs) and I see her kids proclaiming God's truth, even in their (laughs) young four-year-old way. And so I see it is who she is. She is a worshiper, and oh, she just happens to sing on a stage on the weekend. So that's, that's who I see, and I get to be a part of that. And You know, I think that because they've been doing this for so many years Mm. and because they do it so many times on a weekend and other events that we have at Life Church where it's like, hey, Chris and Mary, can you come do this? Can you come do this? Can you be part of this? I see that that has to be cultivated within her so that she can let it be the overflow. And so, you know, Mary, I know that on a weekend, on any given weekend, Mm -hmm. most of the time it's the full eight. On occasion, maybe take a couple services off. But, you know, for the most part, it's a full weekend, most of the weekends of the year. So are there any things you do leading up to each service? Um, Because you're doing it so many times through. What do you remind yourself as you're doing this the same thing over and over again. I always say, come prepared so you can be aware. And how I prepare, I obviously prepare musically, sure. knowing the songs. Uh, that's always helpful. That's you always know helpful. That's just saying. And I like to call it preach singing because I don't just feel like I'm singing. I'm speaking life and words over people. Huh, and so when I'm talking to other worship leaders or pastors about it, I call it preach singing mm-hmm. because I'm literally bringing life to a situation. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to be aware of what God is doing or how he is moving in that room, I have to be prepared. And so when I come prepared spiritually, mentally, 
physically, mm-hmm. I can be aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing and how he's moving in that room. Because the truth is there are a million different things going on in each one of our lives, pulling our, mm-hmm. pulling us in different directions. Your kids waking up at 3 a.m. Yes. like they did today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Not. Messy. <laughs> Judah was really messy today. But coming in absolutely. The There's thousands of people coming into that room with different stories. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they just walked in with or information they just received. And for me personally, I have to choose to set my focus. I have to come in prepared because if not, I will allow the distractions to pull me in every which way. Mm -hmm. And one way that I do this daily is I choose to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can elaborate on that. How I maintain a heart of worship is no matter what I face, if I recognize It's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me daily, moment by moment. It's his presence that is a promise to us. And for so long, it was about religion for Mm -hmm, me. It was about recognizing his presence maybe in a specific time of day, which there's nothing the matter with that. But over the years, I've acknowledged his presence is constant. He's always with me. I can call on him at any moment, Mm -hmm. at any time. And that has changed my religion into a relationship. recognizing the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is with you and there's power that he's given you in the Holy Spirit. I think also a lot of people don't understand this aspect of leading worship unless you've probably led worship Mm. or maybe pastors get it too with all the preparation. Which you've done this before. Yes. Yeah, we do. With your husband. Yeah. You (laughs) have have a band name. (laughs) We did not have a band name, but we did make a cassette tape. And and just let me say a cassette tape is a little plastic (laughs) thing that had this other plastic thing inside that for the listeners who may not know what a cassette tape is. <laughs> but yeah, and actually when our home burned down five years ago, all those burned. And so I'm really sad about that. Uh, Not really. I'm, really I am, happy about I'm that. very sad about that. <laughs> I wish those cassette tapes still existed. Chris and I are overjoyed that those cassette tapes no longer exist. <laughs> but anyway, the point I, was, I wanted to bring up is that preparing for worship, Mary and Chris, all of our worship leaders and mm-hmm. anybody in that setting is going to prepare music-wise and they're going to prepare their hearts. But the other thing is... They are also taking on a lot of technical stuff, whether it's coming through their ears, they're paying attention to things on the stage. There's so many things. And the reason they take that on as worship leaders is so that that the congregation who is there to worship the risen king can actually focus on him as they are taking all the distractions. distractions. And so I think there's something powerful in that, that Mm -hmm. God allows us still as worshipers on stage to lead people effectively, hearing things, oh, you know, here it is, we're coming up on this part, in the ear, but the people don't hear it, and Mm -hmm. they're just able to worship, and it's a beautiful thing. I know that's so technical, but I just think there's an element of that, that God works through our preparedness to help people be ushered into the throne Mm -hmm. and to worship him with their whole hearts. So good. Well, it's kind of your act of worship. Absolutely. To be able to lead people to worship. Absolutely. And it prepares you for motherhood. Just stay in focus with all the... All times. You can do a hundred things. Flying blocks around you. I don't care what my husband says. Dinosaurs. He says that we cannot... We can't multitask. And I'm like, yes, we can. (laughs) We got this. We got this. I'm I'm sure I multitask life every day. Band. Ooh, life Jam Band. Oh, Life Jam Band. It was a Life Jam Band. Okay. Got to have the band name. 
Well, we know life isn't always perfect, Mm. but we don't always talk about the things God brought us through. And so what has been a messy season in your life where God kind of met you in the trenches and carried you through? You know, Jen, so often I think our messes, not always, but they can be a result of our choices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with my two boys, I have two toddlers, and Every day we create a royal mess. <laughs> Every single day without fail, the house is a disaster. And we can choose, I can choose, I can teach my boys. We can choose to ignore the mess or we can choose to address the messes. Mm-hmm. And so what I've become really good at, really, really good at is cleaning up messes. <laughs> <laughs> I really have as a mother. Um, so about eight years ago, I found myself in a very, very messy situation. And that mess was my marriage. And the choices that I was choosing at that time in my life, um, unfortunately, led to poor decision, poor choice after poor choice after poor choice, because I chose to ignore the mess. Mm -hmm. And those poor choices, for me, led to unfaithfulness in my marriage. And for Chris and I, we were in a very successful place looking from the outside in. Chris was touring. He was on the radio writing Christian music. I was managing a company. I was working for a business that I loved. I was making six figures. And so from the outside, we looked extremely successful. Mm -hmm. But on the inside for our marriage, the only thing that we were succeeding at was moving further apart from each other. It's interesting that you point out how the inability or unwillingness to clean up the small messes in our life mm-hmm. and not address them led to another thing and a bigger thing that eventually led to right. a much larger thing. Right. Um, but it didn't start with the large one. It started with the small, small mess. Ones. And we all have small messes yes. and some large messes in our life. So the two things, ignoring the mess, we, we all have messes, like you said. And so we can choose to ignore the mess. Mm-hmm. Or we can choose to address our mess. When we ignore the mess, what happens? Things get messier. Mm-hmm. They compound um, over time. And for me, because I chose to ignore a mess, when if I go back to what we were talking about earlier, I honestly, all I needed to do, if I look back at that time in my life, I wish I would have just asked for help. Mm-hmm. I wish <laughs> I knew I was in a, in the middle of a messy situation and I, I desperately did want to reach out for help, but my pride got in the way. Mm-hmm. The feeling and the pressure of I, I can do this on my own got in the way. I can do it all. I can do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm a superwoman. Myth number one. <laughs> yeah, not true. And so um, I just wish I would have asked for help. I wish I would have called the cleaning lady and said, I just can't do this. This is so overwhelming. I need a helping hand. Mm -hmm. And so going back to that, addressing the mess. And then for Chris and I, just we were in a season that we literally were saying yes to everything. And we had nothing but time, we thought. But the truth is it was only a matter of time before saying yes to everything would take a toll on our relationship. When you say yes to everything, something will suffer, and our marriage is what suffered. What do you think led you guys to say yes to everything? What was it? I mean, what was inside <laughs> that you felt like, I've got to say yes to this? I think sometimes when you reach a point of success, and, and I just really believe it was pride, we begin okay. to go from building a kingdom for Jesus to beginning to build a kingdom for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it became about what we could do 
and not about what we were doing for the kingdom. And that's a gut check for all of us, because I think for all of us, every day we wake up and maybe we don't ask ourselves this, but essentially we're answering to the question, am I building God's kingdom or am I building my own kingdom? So I have obviously walked through things in my life too, where little messes were not addressed. And I've shared even on this podcast about Mm. Chris's and my marriage failure and all the things that we've walked through in the last 16 years. Uh, Thankfully, God has brought so much healing because we didn't address messes Mm -hmm. early on. But then ever since then, we've been addressing messes. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, there have been no big, gigantic messes because we address the little ones. Tell me how that played out in your life. And obviously, when you began to address those messes. Mm -hmm. That's good. Right. That's exactly where Chris and I live. We address the mess. We no longer ignore what's in front of us. Communication. It's such mm. a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so hard for so many marriages to learn to communicate. It's a learned skill. We've had to learn how to talk to each other, to talk each other's language. Um, and when we see a small mess, we make a big deal about it because those small things can easily turn into big things. So we do not ignore the mess anymore. We don't allow it to compound over time. We address them right away. We're not afraid to ask for help. Um, and secondly, we look at the things that add value to our marriage. What does add value and what doesn't add value to our marriage? Cindy, you're in my life group. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things that adds value to our marriage is having people to live life with, Mm -hmm. real life every Mm -hmm. day. I know with that small group of people, they add so much value to our marriage. They make me a better spouse. They make our marriage better. And we get to live life daily together. So So obviously you have a beautiful marriage now and you got from there to hear, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it wasn't easy at all. So what did that look like? Well, it's been eight years, and obviously our marriage is not perfect. (laughs) We're always a work in progress. It's healthy. healthy. Oh, it's it's very, yes, it's very healthy. How we got to having a healthy marriage, I'll go back to once again, asking for help. We got counsel, we got wisdom Mm -hmm. from people that had walked through our situation, biblical wisdom, counsel, and That was step one for us is going back to what we knew, and that is the truth, the Word of God, applying that to our lives, living that out, not just knowing it, Mm -hmm. living it out, applying it to our lives, Mm -hmm. um, renewing our minds, because we were in a situation our minds needed to be renewed, and that really helped bring us to a healthy place in our marriage. I think also, you know, knowing the backstory with Chris and Mary, I know that they laid everything down. Mm -hmm. Full surrender. And Mary was at the end of herself yeah. because she had brought serious pain to the marriage through choices. But that's a crucial point, and not everyone lays down their pride. And they don't. And the other thing is, Chris laid it all down. Yeah, he did. And <laughs> that was a big sacrifice for him as well. I mean, both of them made huge sacrifices, mm-hmm. but he laid it down, all the success he was having. Yeah. Because he wanted to save his marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I see in so many couples. They're not willing to lay it all Mm -hmm. down for the sake of the marriage. And that's what they did. Mm -hmm. So they stopped everything and they had the ability to get significant, deep counsel poured into them. And they just did, as I say, whatever it takes. You're willing to flip that switch. That's so good. I'm so glad you bring that up because I think I wanted to give up. I think in my mind at the time, I thought it would be easier just to give up and start over, which was 
a huge lie. Huge lie. Huge lie. Because then you <laughs> still take the baggage and Absolute. issues into a new relationship. Uh, that's exactly it. It That was a lie. Thank you, Jesus, for my husband who fought and said, no, that's not what we're going to do. And he did. He laid down his dreams, writing music on the radio, and he gave it all up because of our marriage. And he knew it was important to him, not only him, but to us. And my husband showed me the greatest picture of Jesus Christ. I I mean, when I think of, I mean, obviously he's not Jesus, <laughs> but that moment in time is frozen in my mind because of the choice my husband chose to make and to freely show me grace. It was at that moment that I truly learned what grace was and truly learned what forgiveness was. And I got to see a little glimpse of heaven mm-hmm. through my husband, mm-hmm. a little glimpse of Jesus yeah. through my husband choosing to put himself second, choosing to put himself last. And one thing I think that I love what Chris did as well is he was willing to look inside himself mm-hmm. and see the things he did. Yeah, He did not make Mary cheat on him. But he was willing to say, okay, what things did I do to contribute to the yeah. mess of where we were? Sounds like you were going in opposite direction. Right. Yeah. We were absolutely. And he recognizes that. And you'll even hear him sometimes take a lot of the blame, which um, I applaud that he does that. I think it's a, an act of humility. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I just, I really adore him for that, that mm-hmm. he was willing to say, okay, how could I have contributed? Because mm-hmm. we all When we have marriage struggles, and let me just speak to this for a second, when we have any kind of marriage issue, there is a culture within our marriage at that point. Mm -hmm. What was the culture that started leading to these things, whatever it is in your marriage? And you both contribute to that culture. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it was Chris's fault that Mary did something or Mary's fault that Chris did something. It just means there was a culture we contributed Mm. and, you know, Chris's choices may not have had the same consequence, but he still made choices. So I think that's a healthy thing to do. I think they did it well, Mm -hmm. and I I honor them for that. Mm, That's such a good point. You know, probably my favorite story in the New Testament that so clearly reveals God's relentless love Mm -hmm. is in John 8 with the woman caught in the act of adultery, Mm -hmm. which, first of all, where is the man in that situation? (laughs) Come on. Um, But the Pharisees basically interrupt Jesus giving a sermon to a big crowd, which how embarrassing. And they bring her in front of everyone and say that she needs to be stoned for sleeping around. But Jesus brilliantly replied, okay, whoever hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. And they all go away one by one. And Jesus tells her that I don't condemn you, but now go and sin no more. And I just think it is such a powerful image of all of us because, you know, in Romans, we know that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all screwed up. We all have stuff in our lives. And like you said, some might have bigger consequences, but we're all right there. We're in it together. Like we are in a very hopeless state. Like you said, we need help and we can't do it on our own. And I just, I love that picture because it reveals so much about his character and his mercy. And then also loves us so much to say, this is painful and I don't want you to stay here. Mm -hmm. I want you to go and walk away from this. Right. That's one of my favorite stories as well. And Chris and I always say that we are all, every single one of us, one decision away. It's true. One decision. Mm-hmm. One decision leads to another decision that leads to another decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any more beautiful picture than when God says, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mary, I know that, you know, we have a spiritual enemy mm-hmm. and he loves to destroy. That's 
That is his um, goal in life is to take believers, knock them down, because if he can impact us and, and he can cause us to do things, or, I mean, clearly we make choices. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sit there and make us do something, but the effects and the influence of him the temptation. oppressing and tempting us causes us to do things. And a lot of those things can negatively affect God's mm-hmm. kingdom and cause people to say, well, the Christians are all hypocrites or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he comes in and he wants to destroy. And I would imagine through all this, Mm -hmm. you have had to figure out how not to let his arrows come in (laughs) and make you live in a life of guilt Mm -hmm. or um, shame. So walk us through that process of how that works for you, even today. There are a few things that I do daily. All the time, I'm renewing my mind. I know I said that earlier. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that it says, you know, that to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. I tell women all the time, I do this every day, several times a day. All of it starts in our mind. There's a battle battle in our mind. And so if I'm having a weekday, you know, maybe I'm feeling guilty, maybe guilt's trying to creep back in. I will take that thought captive and I will direct it. And then I kind of hit on that earlier about our focus, you know, where we choose to put our focus, recognizing for me that the Holy Spirit is with me, that he's empowering me every moment of the day. It's not just a certain time in my day, but it's every moment of my day that I'm being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So if I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I have the power to direct my thoughts and tell them where to go. So when the Bible says to take every thought captive, and make it obedient to Jesus. Well, Jesus isn't going to go tell me to go sin. (laughs) Jesus isn't going to go tell my thoughts to go wander to places they shouldn't go. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I speak it out loud. I take every thought captive and I make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And it may be opening up a scripture and reading it aloud to myself or using the YouVersion Bible app and allowing that to speak truth over me. Um, But I think it's so, so, so important. You cannot miss the fact that the battle starts in the mind. Mm -hmm. And if you can renew your mind, it will change your perspective. It will change the way you live your life. And so that is something I do daily. Because guilt is so prevalent for all of us. You don't have to have committed adultery to live with shame and guilt. I see people walking around with just guilt and shame mm-hmm. heaped upon them. So I come to you. Pretend I, I, I'm not Satan. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> but pretend I'm your spiritual enemy and I'm coming in. Mary, you're a cheater. You're never going to change. What are you going to say back to me? Mm-hmm. I want to give these people who are listening some real practical thoughts. Like I come in. I'm just, Ugh, what are you going to say? You're taking it captive. <laughs> Girl, you want me to get real? We're all okay. <laughs> I want you to get real. I, automatically, I say, by the power of Jesus Christ, you have no, you have no power and authority over me. Mm. I think what people need to realize mm-hmm. as believers in Jesus Christ is that the instant, the second you ask for forgiveness, the second you ask for that guilt mm. to be gone, it is. God doesn't bring it back up. He says it's gone. It is us. And that is something I struggled with for several years after I walked through this with my husband is guilt and unforgiveness. I could not forgive myself. I knew that Jesus had forgiven me of the action, but I was having the hardest time forgiving myself. It's a big deal. I've talked to several women this week mm -hmm. who this is their struggle. They've been through something. They know that they've been forgiven by Christ, but they cannot forgive themselves. And they are holding on to those chains, even though they've been unlocked. And they're struggling to walk in freedom. 
<laughs> I will never forget the day that God kind of spoke to me and said, you either believe it or you don't. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. Do you either believe I have forgiven you and that my death on the cross was enough mm-hmm. or you don't? Because you not walking in forgiveness is saying my death on the cross wasn't enough. Wasn't for me. Yeah. Ooh, and I get goosebumps right I now. I too. Because <laughs> it was in that moment. It was about two years after I had committed adultery. And I was sitting down with a girlfriend and we were talking. Um, she's a psychologist. Anyways, we were just talking through some things. And was so simple, and but it was so true. And I knew I did believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough. And so if I truly did believe that, then I could truly walk in freedom and forgiveness, and I never had to look back at it. All I had to do was look forward and share the money, the testimony mm-hmm. <laughs> of what God had done in and through um, me and my husband. Because if you look at every story in the Bible, there's no perfect person, no perfect person that he uses. Actually, he loves to use the imperfect people mm-hmm. um, because to him be all the glory through mm-hmm. it all. Sure. No mm-hmm. one else can get the glory for that. And so if there is someone today that is discouraged or carrying the guilt or unforgiveness, can I please encourage you today that the instant you asked God for forgiveness, it was accepted and it was given. It was lavished on you. Mm-hmm. It was love and grace was lavished upon you from your head to your toes, from your front to your back. Would you just accept it? Because the moment that you accept it, you can walk in the freedom and the true freedom and grace that Jesus Christ and victory <laughs> that he's called us to walk in. And the renewing of your mind, which is what you do. Yes. Romans 12, Romans 12 says, too. Renew your renewing mind. of your mind. It is daily, not a mm-hmm. one-time this thing. This is a present thing, and that Active. is the key to your freedom from guilt. Yes. Is you renew your mind. Yes, and that's what you have. That's what we all have to do. I don't care how long we've walked with Jesus. If we don't continue to renew it day by day, speaking the mm-hmm. truth of God's word, mm-hmm. taking that lie, replacing it with that scripture. Yes, that's how we mm-hmm. renew our mind. Yes. And this is no us and them. This is all of us. All we of all us. have to wake up and renew our minds. <laughs> every day yes she does that well I, I i can tell you mary cootie knows how to renew her mind and that is the only way i can live absolutely <laughs> I, that romans 12 2 is a life verse of mine and something i hope to spill into generations because you cannot live truly live without a renewed mind but what i hear you saying is so so powerful because it's really a deep-rooted issue of belief mm-hmm. do i believe you or do i not am i going to stand on your promises or am i going to doubt your promises yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to so thanks for pointing that out Absolutely. really 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 good so i just want to add to this that as christ followers we are saved by the grace of jesus by the grace of god through jesus christ on the cross that salvation experience is a one-time thing. However, I see people who get saved and they're on this spiritual high, which is very typical because, I mean, hello, the Spirit of God has just inhabited you. Of course Mm -hmm. you're on a spiritual high. Mm -hmm. But then the world creeps in, our spiritual enemy creeps in. We see we don't have all these good habits and maybe they kind of creep back in. And then we're like, oh, I thought it was going to be easier with Jesus. It is easier with Jesus and the fact that you get to spend eternity with him. But while we're on this broken, fragile, frail earth, Mm -hmm. we will have troubles. We will have struggles. And just like Mary said, we have to renew our minds 
so just to be clear, our salvation is secure. Right. At the moment of salvation, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are secure and sealed. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, mm-hmm. what Scripture says. But we have this process called sanctification, which is we're becoming more like Jesus. We are um, serving him. We are doing things to bring honor to his name. So it's just this working out Mm -hmm. our salvation with fear and trembling kind of thing that Paul talks about in in Philippians 2. But part of that is the renewing of the mind. You know, just like Mary said, it's renewing our mind. It's making this effort to live free on this earth because freedom is ours. We have to grab it and renew our mind. And renewing your mind practically for me means literally washing my brain with the word. Yes. So, I mean, yes, it's great to take those thoughts captive, but sometimes I need to replace them, not just with, yes, the Holy Spirit lives in me and he's working through me and growing me, but also I need to get in the word. I need to be reading his living, breathing word every day. Absolutely. And to clarify what Romans 12, 2 says, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed Mm -hmm. by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Who doesn't want to know what God's will is? His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. That's great. There's great power in renewing our minds. And absolutely, just to recap what you said about the word, I have to do that with the word of God. Mm -hmm. Replace replenish Mm -hmm. with the truth because what's usually running in my mind when I'm taking a thought captive is not the truth. It's a lie. Yeah. And so, yes, absolutely. Take Mm -hmm. those thoughts captive, but replace it with the truth. Because you, Mary Cootie, are wise and you have faith and you have many great things the Lord Mm -hmm. has given you, but you are still a human being. Yes, I am. You are finite and your mind doesn't always understand everything about God. Isaiah 55, 8, Nine and ten, or talk or eight and nine about you know his ways are higher than our ways. So what you're saying to us and what we're saying to the listeners is, we have to say, oh, my brain thinks one way and it it doesn't line up with what God's word says. So you know what? I'm going to not listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to listen to what God's word mm-hmm. says. That's what we have to do, and that's what you've told us, and we appreciate that. Nailed it. Yeah. All right. Well, we would just love to hear what you're listening to, reading. If you have any resources at all that you would want to pass on to us. Well, <laughs> what do you guys think about that Kids U version Bible app? That's right. It is so good. It My kids good. love it. Um, if I'm being honest, in this season of life, I wish I had more time to listen to podcasts and read. The main thing that I read and the most important thing that I read is the Bible. It is what I pour into my soul. It is what I need. And then conversating with God all day, every day, recognizing that his Holy Spirit is with me. And my husband is a great resource. He literally probably listens to at least five podcasts a day. He just puts his little earbuds in and as his day is going on, he's listening. And so he is just a wealth of information. And if you know my husband, you know that he is a wealth of information (laughs) and is very knowledgeable. And so he's a great resource for me as so well. You just get the highlights from him. I really do. It's like the cliff note versions. Yeah. At end of the night, he's just it's pouring perfect. them out. It, it really works out great for me. <laughs> I think it's smart. And you know, I've been there in that season yeah. where I remember having to tell myself, okay, I'm going to have to shut out everything else, yeah. other books, podcasts, to be sure that my priority yes. is getting in the word because otherwise it would be difficult. And so I've been there. I know a lot of listeners are there. I've had a few people tell me, you know, I love all these resources, but I, I don't have time, right. you know. Yeah. I don't want to minimize not taking time because you absolutely 100% 
have to take time for yourself and have quiet time. If you have littles, you understand it's extremely hard to find that quiet time, um, but it's necessary. And, and so, when you have it, you might just want silence. Yeah. And if it, and that's sometimes exactly what it is. And that's honestly has taught me to be a great listener and to yeah. hear God's voice mm-hmm. is I'm an extrovert. I love people, but I've learned to love my silence. And sometimes that looks like locking myself in the closet mm-hmm. or the bathroom or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just being real, you know, but that finding those moments in, and it's usually me getting up a little bit earlier um, to find those moments or at nap time when the kids are down. But it's necessary. You have to still have that time. Mm-hmm. It just looks a little bit different in this season for and me. I love the way God's grace covers us in these different times because I've got older kids. And so I have plenty of quiet time and plenty of time to spend time in the Word. And so I can dig deeper. Mm-hmm. But I do remember those early days when my youngest would wake up at 530 in the morning. And I remember saying, God, I'm going to have to have my quiet time around nine. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to get up at 430. And he's totally okay and he's with that. Totally good with that so. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't care. I also, real quick, just want to plug Cindy's books, which are amazing. So the first one is Healing Your Marriage When Trust is Broken. I was was about to get it. (laughs) And then Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New. Right, right. And they are both just phenomenal. Maybe if you're in a situation where you were the one who was unfaithful or maybe you had a spouse who was unfaithful or even if your marriage is just, let's be honest, sucking right now. Like Mm -hmm. if it's just not in a place where it needs to be and maybe there has been some trust broken, even if it's not in the largest of ways, um, still great resources. Um, And then you were also on... Episode number, was it 12? I think so. Cindy Beal. So go back and listen to those. Just you can get both sides of the coin and just really powerful stuff about God's redemption, restoration, and how he just specializes in really making things new. So, okay, Miss Mary, you have given us some great nuggets, some great thoughts and advice, and we appreciate that. So one, one last thing, anything else you want to leave? Leave us with. Let me encourage you that when you find yourself in a mess, you have the choice to address the mess or to ignore it. And let me encourage you today, hopefully by sharing my story and my testimony, that you will choose to be encouraged to address the mess. You can lessen it and you can completely diminish it in that moment by choosing to address it. Mm, Good word. Reach it, girl. Hey, thank you for being brave. It can't be easy just opening up your heart and sharing that piece of your life that was difficult, but that God really has just met you there and brought you through it. And so thank you to you. Thank you to Chris. And uh, we just really appreciate you. It's an honor. Thank you. I said it once, but I want to repeat myself one more time and say thank you to both Mary and Chris for allowing God to use your story to inspire others toward healing and ultimately remind us all that restoration is possible when we allow God to do work in our mess. As always, the conversation notes will be linked up on my blog at jenjewel.com where you can join my email list if desired and you can find the Messy Table podcast on Instagram. You can also subscribe for free in all the usual places like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, You push one button one time and then the new episodes forever come straight to your phone. It's glorious. And hey, I want to say a massive thank you as well to every single amazing person who shared on social media or taken an extra second to leave a rating and review in iTunes. It sounds silly, but it helps us more than you know. And we just also selfishly appreciate the encouraging words and love knowing what speaks to your heart. All right, guys, 
Our time for today is up. Remember, as you go about your week, life is not perfect, but God is at work in your mess.